And for 20-something years, I didn't dance. Because I couldn't be like a woman. Because for some reason, that seems to be the enemy of being a man. You raise in a man's world and every little boy just wants to be a man. Until somebody calls him a pussy. Or a girl. And that shit gets confusing because as a man, then you're like, you know what? If that's the enemy of what I'm supposed to aspire towards, manhood, then I guess women are the enemy. This is the Heart to Mouth Podcast. My name's Darius, and you are listening to episode 112. That's right, 112 episodes in 112 days. On today's episode, I want to finally try to unpack this this weekend I had. Um, I went away over the course of three days this past weekend with a group of men, just men, and we went to a cottage we played in the snow we saunaed we cooked we talked we sang we just did all sorts of things and i've never done something like this especially with just a group of guys the last time i was at a cottage with a group of guys there was a lot of vomit i'm just gonna leave it there And I would definitely not call that last time a conscious guy's cottage trip. But this time around, it definitely was. And so what I wanted to do is, first and foremost, take some time. And I never do this, but I wanted to take some time to process and think and let all of the things that happened and experience that were had to percolate and to integrate back into my system. I feel like I've I've done a lot of that. And I also feel like that's Dan, my computer. You guys know him. He loves to tell me what time it is. Um, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. So the truth is I feel like I could probably continue integrating and realizing things for fucking years because uh, that's just the type of dude I am. That's also the type of weekend it was. But for now, while it's fresh, I thought I'd just run down a couple of things that I discovered. Some I knew, some I needed to be reinforced, and some were brand spanking new. So here you go. My 11 takeaways from this past weekend's conscious cottage trip with the boys. Number one, openings matter. The way you introduce things and open things up will set the tone for the rest of the weekend. So a couple of things happen. One, for myself, I know I can oscillate between introverted and extroverted and sometimes quite introverted. And some people are surprised by that. And I've noticed that if I actually early on take a stance and open myself up, it sort of sets the tone for the rest of the experience. So in episode 106, before we went on the day of, on the Friday, I said, you know what? I'm going to open my heart up and be a little vulnerable and tell myself and the world how I was feeling. And that was powerful for me. And I think maybe for other people too, because 
sort of set the tone of, hey guys, it's okay to be nervous, to be shy, to have stories around connections with men that maybe make you cautious about opening up. And so that was really powerful. Also the opening, I remember one of the guys did this kind of cool improv things at the first dinner that set a tone of playfulness. And I'm really, really grateful for him for doing that. Number two, curation is magic. And by curation, curation, I mean curation of the people there. I don't know how Steve Ballantyne did it, but there was some magic in the curation. The mixture of ethnicities, backgrounds, industries, body types, skin colors, introverted, extroverted. Yes, I know there's always room for more inclusion. And I'm, I, I, I like the idea about that or the idea of that. But this felt really great for me. There were people I didn't normally get to talk to and people that had different opinions than me and different backgrounds. And for me, it felt expansive to be able to hold space with them. Number three, it's a good thing to spend time with people you disagree with. I know that at its face value, you're like, ugh. People who disagree with me, especially if they have strong opinions, which some people at this event did, can be annoying. You know, like, no, that's not how I do this. And well, that, that thought makes no sense. How are you going to justify this? And I had a couple of those conversations with a few people. I did my best to try to stay open, but also not to back down if I felt strongly about something. And what ended up happening is a couple times I got triggered. A couple times I had to just sit there and be like, hmm, it's a really good point. I never thought about it like that. And that's the advantage of hanging out with people that are intelligent, that are explorers, that ask tough questions, you know? And uh, there's so many of my friends, guys, girls all over that fall into that category. And I'm really grateful this weekend, I guess, was just a concentrated dose of that because we were isolated together. Number four, everyone's an asshole. Yep, everyone is an asshole, including me. I'll never forget a friend of mine, a couple of years back, he got married and I said, hey, how's married life? And he told me, yeah, it's cool. I'm like, how's it living with your, your new wife? So it's the same shit, except we're... we're we're all assholes. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, she's an asshole. I'm an asshole. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we grow up, grew up in different cultures with different families and we had a way of doing things. So now when you encounter someone else's way of doing things, you're like, that's fucking wrong. That's not how you're supposed to do this. And guess what? You're being an asshole and you think they're an asshole, but you're both assholes. And I love the way he said it because it's okay. It made me laugh and it made me remember that the way I think something is done is not necessarily the way it's done. So it's like point number three, stay open. Number five, what a refreshing reminder that men are emotionally curious. They have questions and they want help 
I know men are notorious for never asking for help, but I got to witness it with my own eyes and my own ears. We created a safe environment, a playful environment, a loving environment where men could say, ask questions about all sorts of topics. How fucking beautiful is that? And then we'd look at the, the, the group and someone had an answer. They put their hand up and they chat and they share. And we're like, damn, we need to take notes on this. This is really cool. And some of the questions were really personal questions. And I'm so proud of the men for, for, for asking. Gives me special joy to watch men ask for help. Yes. Number six. Dude. Men love to dance. And guess what? Dancing can be friggin' healing. For me, it was. I'm going to speak for myself. All of this is speaking for myself. I can't speak for any of the other guys, of course. But for me, growing up in a tough neighborhood where I was taught that real men don't dance. Real men fight or fuck. Women dance. Pussies dance. Faggots dance. That's what I was told. I hate using that word, but I wanted to get my point across here. And for 20-something years, I didn't dance. Because I couldn't be like a woman. Because for some reason, that seems to be the enemy of being a man. You're raised in a man's world and every little boy just wants to be a man. Until somebody calls him a pussy or a girl. And that shit gets confusing because as a man, then you're like, you know what? If that's the enemy of what I'm supposed to aspire towards, manhood, then I guess women are the enemy. Hmm. So, I digress. Being able to hold space with men and just move however they wanted to and dance and laugh and be playful and light and joke and be brothers. That was deeply healing shit for me. I'm not going to lie. Thank you. Wow. Number seven. Long lasting friendships. Take a long fucking time, (laughs) right? It's so easy. And I'm sort of like in the middle, right? I wasn't a part of the first cottage trips. This is the first time I came to this, but I know the guys. And there's a couple of people who don't really know the guys that well. And I can sort of, I'm like the bridge, you know, I can see their, their energy. And they're like, Oh, am I going to belong with these guys? Everyone's got a clique. What's going on? all these backstories, all these, you know, inside stories and jokes. And that's because they've just known each other for a long time. For me, the thing was like, well, I'm not going to belong to this. These guys are already tight and connected. But guess what? They're open to being tight and connected with more people, but you got to show up. You can't cower away. You can't put energy. You can't not put energy and effort because of course they're not going to want to have long lasting relationships with you if you just give up 
So I think the key was don't compare. Everyone has their own relationships, relationships, their own dynamic. You be you and show up in your fullness. And some people will resonate and some people will move away. Talking to me, of course, here. But that was really powerful to experience that. Number eight, don't forget your bestie. Friends are great, but your best friend is the most important person you need to check in with. And that for me is always myself, my human. I can play, I can go in the snow, I can dive into the water, ice cold water, I can stay up all night, I can eat all sorts of food. But what was cool this time around, guys were having so much fun and sometimes people stayed up really late. And I stayed up pretty late too, but there was a point where I checked in with my bestie, my human. My human's like, dude, we had a day. We were out on the lake in your friggin' shorts for four hours. You went into the ice cold water. We saunaed, we ate, we partied, we danced, we laughed. It's time for us to go to bed. And I listened. I'm so grateful I did. In the past, I wouldn't forget about my bestie. Number nine. It's not competition. It's a support system. What I'm referring to here is this whole cottage trip actually was inspired by a group of women, many of which are sort of like the partners to these men who said, hey, we're going to go do a woman's retreat weekend. Same thing talking, experiencing, breath work, meditation, saunas, all sorts of cool stuff. And several points in the day, a couple of days, one of the voices inside my head would go to like, hmm, what are they doing? You know, my partner Jen is having fun and loving and laughing and experiencing and, and all sorts of things without me. And one of my cosmic family members, one of myself, was jealous. And that's okay. I love him too. But I kept holding space for him and kept reminding him and kept loving him and telling him that that's not competition. It's a support system. And the more her sisters love her, and cherish her and honor her and play with her. The more solid she gets. And that solidness, that stability resonates through our relationship. And the same for me. We want to be our own stable, solid human. And to do that, we need a couple of pillars holding us up. Just in case something happens to one of those pillars, there are multiple pillars ensuring its stability. Number, damn, number 10. This was a theme that came up over and over again. And I'm noticing it as I come back into, quote unquote, the real world, into everywhere. It's the same thing. Most of life, most important moments of life, 
of a fork in the road. It's a decision that's simple but not easy. The decision is panic or power. You can't do both at the same time. And we experience this through cutting a hole in the lake and submerging ourselves into this ice cold water. And you come up and your bones are cold and your muscles cold and your heart's racing and your mind is going ballistic. And each man, as he came up, we'd look at him and ask him a simple question. Panic or power? Can't do both. And I'm coming to understand that that is so much more than just a tool to go into ice cold water. I think it might be a way to walk through this experience called life. Every, every obstacle is an opportunity to double down on your power or give it away in exchange for panic. Panic or power, baby. Last but not least, numero 11. I already said in the beginning, when things like this happen, you could just feel your system expanding. And sometimes that expansion feels triggering and sometimes it feels joyful and sometimes it feels confusing. But what I've discovered is it's really important to give yourself some time to process. Don't just jump back into work. Don't just jump back into conversations because you feel obligated. Just take a breath and breathe it in. Because like I said, this was not an ordinary cottage weekend and I'm very grateful for all of the men that held space for us to play and laugh and grow together. Man, it's hard podcasting when you are short of breath. How do these people do it? I think I did okay, but it took a lot of secret breath just in case you were wondering every once in a while, I'd go away from the mic and go, <gasps> <sighs> that's the Heart to Mouth Podcast, episode 112. I love y'all and we'll see you tomorrow. Happy birthday, Pax.